Bible this morning to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And if you'd stand with me one more time for the reading of God's Word. First Peter chapter four. Man, if I could sing like that, I'd sing. I'd sing. The good those of us that wish we had that gift and don't, we'll never have to answer for it. There you go. First Peter chapter four. I'm beginning with verse twelve. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing that happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, happy, blessed to be envied are you. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you, and on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any one of you suffer as a Christian, which means Christ follower, little Christ, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment will begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You may be seated this morning. The spiritual temperature of our nation not only declined in the last 10 years, but it dissolved. Uh, Your pastor does not preach on... um, nor does he make his pulpit a political uh, platform. But you need to understand that the spirit of this world will be reflected in politics. And the spirit of this world is anti-Jesus. It's not anti-religion, it's anti-Jesus. And the decisions made in our state recently to not allow freedom of religion or expression Um, is just a sign of the time. And it is not to make us fearful. We do not need or the need of the hours for all the Christians to unite and force a godly behavior on an ungodly society. No, what we need is the king to come. And when the king comes, he's going to set up his kingdom. But I feel compelled and I'm surprised at what I think is a lack of other pastors or ministers being compelled to prepare the bride of Christ. Um, I'm trying my best to prepare you not only for the return of the Lord, but of the persecution that is not only coming, but will be here. And it's going to happen almost overnight in the West. Now, in other parts of the world, it happens all of the time. It's been happening for decades. But you are going to see the expressions of hatred of Jesus and those that name his name almost overnight be celebrated like dancing in the streets uh, uh, on, your, on, on television and on the internet. 
And we need to prepare ourselves for the persecution to come. I do not believe. I have no plans on being here for the wrath of the Lord. We are not appointed unto wrath. We are appointed unto salvation. And so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, but unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. We are not designed or expecting or anticipating Jacob's trouble because we're not Jacob. The Lord is coming for his church. Regardless of how many people say he's not, there's mockers and scoffers in the last day and they'll ask me, they say, so you really believe that Jesus is going, you know, some little trumpet in the air and all the dead people that's ever Christian is going to come up out of the ground and all of y'all are going to meet them and be changed? And I say, yes, yes, absolutely. And I know, we're, I know we're not going to be here for the wrath of the Lord. We're not appointed unto wrath, but the wrath of man. And the wrath of the spirit of this world. You have to prepare yourself for it. I have had groups of people uh, leave recently when we did our study on Revelation. Because they said, I don't want to hear about that. You know, we just started a family. We just, we, we want, just tell us four ways to a better life today. And God does lead us to a better life. But a planned, a prepared Christian is a planned Christian. And the Bible says a fool sees trouble coming afar off and does nothing about it. So we're not in fear of what is to come, but we're making preparations for what is to come. And I want to speak to you this morning. It may go two weeks. I'm not for certain. I don't want to be in a hurry. But I want to speak to you about persecution of the believer. It's going to be a spirit, a attitude. And from that attitude will be all types of expressions from alienation to false accusation to persecution, to physical contact, uh, uh, false imprisonment, uh, loss of job opportunity, loss of job, all of those things because the spirit of this world is going to continue. It's going to culminate and it's going to rot. The Antichrist, the opposite of Jesus is what that means. Uh, a, a man empowered by hell, he's going to look like any other man because he is a man. And he's going to be the opposite of Jesus, which means he's this world-minded instead of the next world-minded. He caters to the, the flesh of man instead of to the spirit of man. And he's going to have to have an attitude present to ride to make the one-world uh, religion, which says your religion is best. Whatever you believe, a one-world government, a one-world economy... And then in the middle of the tribulation period, he's going to turn on his heels and say, all of that's a lie, I'm God, and you have to follow me. So there has to be an opposition in the greatest nation, even as bad as we are on the face of the earth, there has to be an opposition for him to be able to ride in great power. So you need to prepare for this. Our governor showed recently how uh, when pressure comes to bear, priorities are revealed. And I'm not uh, bashing him. I pray for our leaders. But you need to understand that all you're seeing at a public level is what's going to happen to you at a private level. And we need to be ready. And we need to already make up in our mind, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what my effort will be uh, in this message today. And it will probably carry over into tomorrow. First of all, the persecution to come, it's going to find you. If you're taking notes, it's going to find you. Because it found your Lord before you. We are followers of Jesus Christ. 
We are to follow him outside of the camp bearing his reproach. What happened to Christ? The rejection happens to us. What happens to Christ? The pleasure of the Father. Where he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased will happen to us. What happens to Christ? The infilling of the Spirit to those that are willing and desirous and submitted happens to us. God's power flowing through him. Jesus, the God-man, all God and all man, the forerunner of the believers to come. Hated by men for no reason. Loved by the common people for no reason. If you see it in the life of Jesus, to some measure, it will be your experience. And there was great persecution as he finalized and finished his commission. And as you get closer to and finalize and finish your commission, you'll find persecution. Now it's becoming a global thing. It's not just anti-Semitism or anti-Jewish. The church is the next thing. And I'm telling you as your pastor, overnight it's going to be so common and accepted now it's okay to just kind of poke fun at, but it will, it's going to cost. It's going to find you. And there's a part of this, you have to run two parallel streets. It's not just worried about what's coming. It's what does it mean? It means that they know. It means that it can't be hid anymore. It means that I must be different. Because if you liked me, I would be of your world. All right, it's going to find you because it found the Lord before you. Number two, it's going to find you because you follow Christ. Matthew 10, it's not enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they called the master of the house Beelzebub, guess what they're going to call you? If Christ was the Lord of the flies, the head of the pagan God, we understand that we are finishing up the sufferings of Christ So that Christ will receive all glory in the saints that love not their lives even unto death and would take on persecution for his namesake. It's going to find you because it's promised. 2 Timothy 3.12 And all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, we read in the portion there, it said, Don't suffer for stuff you did. If you're a murderer or envious or a lover of money, or a busybody, or a quarrelsome person. If you suffer as a Christian for that, there's no reward for that. And some Christians say, maybe you know one or two, they're just odd. You ever just met an odd Christian? And they say, I'm just being persecuted. Cause, no, you're weird. That's why they... No. You come in with a Bible on a dolly to work, you know, and you drag it in and you... you slam it on the desk and you act odd and there's that's a persecution that has nothing to do with being godly but here's here's the difference it's there are other christians say well i get along with all of them i'm the friend of sinners so was jesus and they persecuted him it's those that live godly in christ jesus that suffer persecution Not the believers, but those that live godly. Not those that have a mental agreement to who God is. That's not the one that suffers. The one that lives godly means different, counter-cultural, opposite. They bring light into dark places. A lot of what they do is nonverbal. And the spirit of this world hates God or anything like God. And you can be meek and kind and they hate you just because. And the Bible tells us it's predicted. If you live godly in Christ Jesus, 
you're going to suffer persecution. It's going to find you because of your light. Listen to this portion of scripture, John 3. And this is the condemnation that light, Christ, the primary light, came into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And then in Matthew 5, Jesus said, but you're the light, the secondary light. The same word where it says Jesus was the light of the world and you, or that light come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. That same word that Jesus applied to himself, light, is the same Greek word that he describes you. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. You're going to suffer persecution because of your light. Have you ever wondered or did you in your lifetime ago, those of you that are middle-aged like me and you did all the clubbing and the party and everything, wow, all the lights are off. Can't see. You're not supposed to be able to see or hear. The music has to be so loud that you can't hear anything. It has to be so dark you can't see anything. First of all, you don't want to see how nasty those taps are that they're pouring beer out of. You don't want to see that it ain't been cleaned since the Korean War. They don't want you to see nothing in that. And then they want the music so loud. How long have you been coming here? They know that if you see clearly, you're going to see what that person really looks like. You're going to see what that, how that kitchen really cooked your food. Now just follow me. But if you just turn the lights on, all the lights on in there, kill the mood. You just kill the mood. You go into a rave party, that'd be a little newer. You just come in and say, okay, turn off all the strobe lights and all the black lights and turn all the lights on. Let's party. It kills the mood. It kills the mood. And when you live radiating... The presence of the resurrected king. Just You don't have to come in preaching. You just come in and they know you didn't go out the night before. So they know not to ask you. And your light, your light, it's like turning on lights in a cave where a bunch of bats are. And I can prove it to you. I'm not judging them. You were like that. How many Christians did you hang out with before you were saved? People would ask me, so you didn't go to church? No, why would I go to church? You go in and there's this Q-beam on it. I'm a night creature. I, I can't go in there. Now, we're not supposed to be so bright that we try to put people's eyes out. But God said in his word that they did not come to Jesus because the light would expose their deeds and their deeds were evil. And if I live right before you and you ask me the question, hey, you want to go Friday? And I say, oh, no, thank you. That's not light. I said, you know I can't do that. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, (laughs) that's different than no thank you, but thanks for asking. The light in us, we're the light of the world. Persecution comes. And listen, I don't have it harder than you. You live with the world. You work with the world. You rub shoulders with the world. But I got one on you. You go to meet someone and, hey, what are you doing? Well, I work at Boeing. I'm a sheet metal mechanic. Or, hey, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh. What kind of church thing do you pastor at? Us Assemblies of God. Oh. So you, you, you talk in tongues and all that stuff too. Well, yes. Oh. <laughs> By the time I'm done, three strike rule. I got eight strikes before I start, you know. And I haven't levitated in the last two weeks and I'm not... You know, I wish I could tell you how many times I've heard this phrase 
from people that have took advantage of me and stolen from me. And if I stand up and say anything, and you call yourself a man of God. And they'll say to you, you call yourself a Christian. You know how you get along with the world? Turn your light off. Turn your light off. Turn, change your channel. You ever get in your friend's car and you realize how far you've come and how far you've changed? And they're playing mental illness set to music. And then you hear a song you used to jam to and you listen to the lyrics. You go, oh, oh, oh. They get in your car and Caleb's on or Pastor John's on or something. What? What? It's like two different worlds. All you have to do is turn your light down and you'll get along. We have one opportunity to let our light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. One. One. And we turn it down for no one. I'm not turning it up to blind you or impress you. It stays at this setting all along. I'm not embarrassed of my wife in any setting, in any place, among any people. I will not act like I do not know her, do not love her, or do not appreciate her. I am reserved for her and she for me. I am exclusive to her. She is exclusive to me. I wake up with her. I go to bed with her. I eat with her. And in the same way, we are not embarrassed of earthly relationships. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of him or his words. You're not going to intimidate me by some culture that I have no desire to be a part of that says, if you'll turn it down, we'll accept you. I don't want to be accepted by you. I'm different. My home is not here. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. This is not my home. This isn't my home. See, you fit in here because it's your home. I don't like it here. What do you mean? Man, I have a wonderful life. I have a wonderful family. But if we have hope in this life only, we're of all people most miserable. Scripture's clear. This is a dress rehearsal, baby. This ain't the dance. This is it. So this is it for you? This is it. You're going to spend all of your youth and all of your health to obtain wealth. Then when you get old, you're going to spend all of your wealth to try to buy back your health, and then you're going to die. That's it. (laughs) That's depressing. That'll make you tune into country music all day long, right? Now. <laughs> well, it's changed somewhat. Country music's a little better, but you know. Y'all, I haven't told this joke in a long time, but you know, in the 70s, they did the back masking stuff on all the heavy rock records, and you play it backwards, and they go, go kill your grandmama, and put her in a suitcase, or you know, go kill a policeman or something. You know what you get when you play country music back, backwards? You get your wife back, your dog back, your trailer back, your job back. <laughs> Get it all back. (laughs) Persecution is going to find you because of your voice. This is where the rubber meets the road. Some of us will let our light shine, but we are. We measure out our words, we measure out how we answer. So that we can still be accepted. Now, I'm not asking you to be the crazy Christian that wants to be rejected and makes it his point. You don't have to want to be rejected. Just live authentically and honestly and humbly and closely to the Lord Jesus. But the voice, let me read this verse to you. Mark chapter 6. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John the Baptist and bound him in prison for the sake of his wife Herodias. Which was at one time... Herod's brother Philip's wife because he married her. 
For John had said to Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Okay, time out, freeze frame, that is today. So here's John the Baptist. This man walks in with another man's wife, just took her, divorced his wife, took her as a wife. And John the Baptist said, oh, King Herod, that's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Hate speech, hate speech, you hate him, you hate him. Can you imagine how ridiculous that is? You hate me. No, 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 I don't hate you. That's why I'm trying to help you. It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Who died and made you king? There are no absolutes. Well, that's an absolute statement. If there are no absolutes, then how can you say there are no absolutes? That's an absolute statement. See, you Christians are all alike. Stop, be quiet. It was when he said, this is wrong. Not loudly, not arrogantly, not slamming it in his face, but in kindness. He said, it's not right for you to have your brother's wife. That voice. So do you think this is right? You watch it on television. They'll ask a pastor, is this wrong? It's not mine to say what's wrong, what's right. It's not. You know, God is a God of love. Is it wrong or right? And for you as a Christian, you have to prepare yourself to answer respectfully, truly. Because Jesus said, if you are ashamed of him or his words... Or his words, then he'll be ashamed of you in that generation. Y'all hear them kids? That ain't grandma's children's church right there. I didn't have that growing up. I'm gonna check. I didn't have that. I'm gonna hold my place. You know what we had? We had a velveteen board, and you have Jonah and the whale. Whale's upside down. Jonah kept falling off, and then you'd lose Jonah. You put Moses up, and you get all the stories confused. But you held on. Because you know a little wafer's coming in about 30 minutes with a little cup of Kool-Aid. If I'm good, I get a wafer. If I'd have had that, I'd have died. I'd have went to heaven. (laughs) Two wafers. If your friend didn't like them, you always sat by him because you know he'd hook you up. I'm sitting with you today, buddy. So how often do you speak? How often do you stand and say, that is wrong. That's wrong. And in their heart of hearts, they know that it's not how you say it. Because if you say it kindly and meekly, it's still going to aggravate the spirit of this world that says, there is a God and he has declared what is right and wrong. And that is wrong. Persecution comes. That's part of living godly. It's having a voice. There's a day coming very soon that I will probably be prosecuted or persecuted just for this style of preaching, just this, when it says that adultery is wrong. It's not a hate. I'm not hating on homosexuals any more than I'm hating on a man that won't be faithful to his wife. Adultery is wrong. Same sex uh, lifestyle is wrong. Envy is wrong. Uh, Unkindness is wrong. Self-centeredness is wrong. Those things are sins. And for those reasons, the wrath of God falls upon the children of disobedience. So because I want the freedom to worship the Lord based on His word and conscience does not mean that I hate people. I don't hate them. I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. But I'm not going to be quiet and act embarrassed of the Lord so you'll stop saying that about me. 
And you've got to decide what type of voice you have. For me, I've decided to have a meek, calm, firm voice. I'm not going to be, I'm not, they're not going to be confused where I stand. It's going to find you because of your fragrance. Those of you taking notes, I'm very glad because you'll want to look these verses up when you get home. 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those that are being saved and among those who are perishing. Listen. To one, a fragrance from death to death and from, to the other, a fragrance of life to life. There are some of you that have used cologne and perfume so long and you did not know this, but you killed parts of your nose. And you would have to put more and more on to smell it. Is it okay to tell you this? Everybody else knows it's okay to tell you, right? And you, you're only putting on enough to where you know it's there. But by the time you're in your 60s and 70s, and you've been soaking through the pores of your skin high karate for 50 years... We can smell you at Waffle House. You're coming. They come in the room and they hug you. And listen, as a pastor, I try to hug everybody. You've never lived till you get six or seven cheap colognes fighting for each other on the lapel of your coat. You, uh, you, you don't want food. You don't want nothing. You just want to bathe. Anyway, see, I'm giving you these so you won't forget them. You'll understand. We are a fragrance to those who are believers. When we're around each other, like what I shared with you about for service, before service, and we're here together, reverent, and we're here together on time, and we're here together affectionate, and we're supportive. There's a fragrance there, an air of heaven that builds me up for the week. But you go to someone else, and we're a fragrance of their impending judgment. We are fragrant to the world and to other believers and to God. And if you live godly, It's a cologne that they detest. The Bible speaks of it as being a light, something they see, being a a fragrance, something they smell, feel, and it's abhorrent to them. I know you've had this happen, and I've had it happen several times. I remember the first time it happened, the very first time it happened on an airplane. Somebody come walking up the aisle, and I guess the demon they had was one that I used to have or something. Caught eye contact with me. And this person looked at me like they would kill me. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Or, oh, I recognize that demon. Hey, how you doing? There was, a, there was a hatred, an immediate hatred there. I had a girl walk into church one day. She was demon possessed. I'll tell you the story later. It's true. She walked right by me. I said, good morning. He hates you. I said, tell him I hate him too. That's what I said. It just came out. The spirit in her hated me on sight. And persecution is going to find you because you are bright, because you are vocal, and because you emanate a fragrance, not of this world, that reminds them that if there is another world, and if there is a righteous God, and he has redeemed you, then they are not redeemed. And that's where the hatred comes. We are not better than anyone. We are forgiven. Is this okay? All right. Number two. We'll get to two this morning. And we'll do four next week. We'll flip through them next week. I had a lot of introduction today. 
It's going to reveal you. The persecution to come is going to reveal you. It's going to reveal your identity. John 15, 19 and 20. The persecution is going to reveal your identity. It's one thing when you say you're a believer. It's another thing when somebody else says you're different than me. When the world attacks and says, you're different. We despise you and here's why. Jesus said, if the, you were of the world, the world would love you. But because you're not of this world, and, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the saying I've already given unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. There's two things that are the great confirmations in our life. Well, two primary things, I should say. The witness of the Holy Spirit that lets me know that I am indeed a child of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I'm not trying to become a son. I am a son of the living God. So the witness of the Spirit and the witness of the world. That's how I know. Even when I try and, you know, sit at the table and you're sitting there with four or five people that don't know Jesus from TJ Maxx. You know, he said, do you know Jesus? What's his last name? You know, uh. It's like turning magnets backwards. You can get them close, but they won't stick together. That's what lets us know. And that should provoke worship from you. You said, no matter even if I try, I cannot connect to this world because I'm not of this world. I can go back and do what I used to do, but I can't enjoy it. If I decided today, it's been 30 years, if I decided to go get a six-pack of cold ones, gooseneck preferably, so icy that the ice would run down that long neck and just trickle off the bottom, I could go right to the store and buy it. <laughs> Believe her, tell me, no, you couldn't. Yes, I could. I could get right in my car and go buy it. Third or fourth one in, I'd be miserable. Can't enjoy it. You, you know you're ruined. If you're a Christian, you know you're ruined, right? You're wrecked. You have too much of God, you can't enjoy the world. And you got too much of the world, you can't enjoy God. you got to pick a side. And the meanest Christians in the world are, are backslid Christians. Because they can't enjoy the world. And they can't enjoy God. This is so good this morning. Do you understand? This is, they are mean. That's like a fat person at a buffet and say, you can't eat, you can't eat, you can't eat. They're going to be mean. They, they got, the, the division comes by the separation. And knowing which side we're on. And when the world knows, and my own heart knows, it's confirmation that I am not of this world and they will hate me like they hated Christ. It's coming, I'm telling you. Because when I was growing up, it was popular to be a Christian. Now it's not. Religion will become very popular here. Churches are going to explode and Christians are going to be persecuted. Churches that are not based upon, firmly relying upon, and exclusively leaning upon the person of Jesus Christ are going to be persecuted. And they're going to shrink. But the religions will increase. It's going to reveal your roots. The persecution to come is going to reveal your roots. Matthew 13, 20 and 21. And the seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root in himself. But endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution comes, listen, he has no deep roots in himself. And he endures for a while while it's easy, while it's popular, while it's profitable 
to name the name of Christ. But when persecution comes or tribulation on account of the word, immediately he falls away. away. Let your roots go down into Christ, not the church, not Christ's chapel, not the assemblies of God. Your roots go down into the person of Jesus Christ so you're not offended at him. The motivation for not sinning is not so you can keep a list of rules. It's that you will not disappoint the person of Jesus Christ. People with beautiful branches are going to fall away. You're going to watch it. You're going to watch it. Pastors are going to fall away on television and lead their church right with them and say, there's got to be a median road because Jesus uh, drew crowds unto himself and Jesus was a lover of people. They're going to pull away to stop the persecution because they know instinctively that if I back up just enough, I can still name his name and not be persecuted. And the problem is, by the time you've backed up that much, you're tricked because if you live godly, you will suffer persecution. Only ungodly Christians will be exempt. Only ungodly Christians will be exempt. And when the winds blow and you lose your job, not only are not given the promotion, but you lose your job and they lie on you or they take film from one of our services and prosecute me as a pastor. If me and you don't have roots, we'll do what we need to do and say what we need to say to keep everything as it is. And we're going to get to this next week, but there's a cost. There's a cost to the believer in persecution. Persecution that doesn't cost you is only disapproval. And he didn't say disapproval will come. It will, but the persecution that comes, the way we stand, the way you can bury a child that you prayed for and you stay true to God, the way you stand when everything you've worked for, the company steals your 401k and you lose it. And the way you stand with God when he doesn't answer a certain prayer is that your roots are deeper than the strength of the storm. And you're going to lose some leaves. And you're going to lose some branches. But this house will not fall, the Bible says. The one that hears the words of God and does them. That house will not fall. It's going to reveal your origin, your source. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. It overcomes the world. It's the source. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies. You do understand one of the most painful things is not going to be what the world says, but what the church says about us. I don't, I, I've already heard it as a pastor. I've already heard it. I don't want to be a part of a church like that, referring to mine, ours. I don't want to be a part of that. It, it hurts to be misunderstood or maligned, but also it reveals the source when you continue when you continue you understand that you're born of God because it overcomes everything it overcomes whatever disappointments you have uh, whatever uh, disillusionments whatever loss and you know we hear stories man all you have to do is read Fox's book of martyrs from the first generations uh, hundreds of years after uh, the resurrection of Christ and when you read about what men suffer Today, common, common overseas where they have to hide in groups. 
knowing that if they're caught worshiping, just caught, that their children will be killed in front of them first. Then the wife will be raped and killed in front of the husband second. And then the husband, after watching the terror of it, will be killed third. And that's the perspective I'm trying to give you. That, and some of, we can't even come on time. And, and they, they risk their lives to worship. The source, your origin, will be proven in persecution because there's a part of you that says, I will not deny him. I will not denounce him. I'm not embarrassed of him. Whatever it costs, it costs. And it will cost. It's going to reveal your foundation, your source, and it's going to reveal your commitment. John eleven sixteen. many people know Thomas only as doubting Thomas. But when he was going to the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, there was such opposition coming to Jesus at this time. This is what Thomas said. And then Thomas, which is called Didymus, said unto his fellow disciples, let's go with Jesus that we may die with him. Hear that. This is going to cost us our life, but let's do this. Are you prepared or have you begun preparation? And I know what you're feeling, some of you. I don't even want to think about it. It's coming. Have you prepared to downsize? Have you prepared to be cheated out of employment? Have you prepared to be falsely accused, prosecuted? Have you prepared yourself, whatever scenario, that you're not going to deny the Lord Jesus Christ? The person that prepares for something doesn't have to think about it when it happens. Thomas said, okay, let's, let's go die with him. Some people naively think that they don't have the strength to live for him, but they'd be willing to die for him. And it's just not so. Lisa, if you'd come, please. And finally, it's going to reveal our priorities. Generally, men are wired this way. We're wired to think, how am I going to provide? A a true man will. The woman cares for the children in a way that the man, it's different. He He can't know a motherly instinct. But a woman doesn't understand a man's Uh, responsibility he feels to protect and provide. Protect and provide. Protect and provide. I wouldn't give you a dollar and a half for a man that will not work to provide for his family. I I wouldn't give you the time of day for him because something innate is broken in him because a man wants to protect and provide. And hey, I'm, I'm not boasting This is supposed to be normal. This is supposed to be normal. But the Bible is clear that I'm not to love wife, my brother, or children, or possessions. That I'm to set my affections on things above. I'm not to love them in comparison to Christ. That's counterintuitive to the fleshly part. To the man, the verse today would be, lay not up for yourselves treasure, or 
lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where rust nor moth nor thief can get to. Because those that live for this world have it. If you live, love this life, you have this life. But if you lose your life for Christ's sake, you'll find it. Persecution is going to reveal priorities. Will I lose provision to be faithful? It's not going to be real popular to be a preacher before long. All of us, th- this message shouldn't make you afraid. This second part, you'll want to be here for the second part because the first two are kind of heavy. There's great reward. The Bible speaks, he says, there's a spirit, the spirit of God resteth on you, abideth on you when this happens. And any one of you that's given up houses or lands or anything in this lifetime, you'll receive a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the one to come, eternal glory. Happy are you. Blessed are you, to be envied are you, when men say all manner of evil against you. It's one thing to say you love him. It's another thing to sing you love him. And it's another thing for your life to say to the Father. Angels reporting as as the cloud of witnesses look on. He loves you more than his life. He loves you more than his babies. He loves you more than his home. Elohim, you are first in Andy's life and Sandra's life. First. That's the glory of the believer. God, first. We're not lining up for persecution. We just see it coming and said, if it must be, it must be. I will not deny your name. There's nothing that I hold on to here. If you can't keep it, it's not going to be kept. I want to be true. Now, give me two or three minutes and we're done. So in another place, parallel, let's just say there's another Christ chapel somewhere and they said, don't worry about it. None of this is going to happen. When it comes, there's no preparation. They're going to huddle their family, hold on to their house, and they're going to deny the Lord. Because they weren't ready. And he said, if you deny me, I'll deny you. So the preparation is not uh, a morbid, oh, there's nothing to this world. Everything is on record. This is the beauty of it. Every cup of cold water given in his name is gets a reward. So every time they curse you, it says, it says glory resides on you. Be happy and be, you're envious. And one place it says, and I finish with this, and after they beat them, they said, don't speak of his name anymore. And they left, limping, bruised, and their eyes closed, and they high-fived each other and said, isn't it wonderful that we were accounted worthy to be beaten for the name of Jesus? Whoa. He thought we were worthy. One more visual illustration. I got preaching me this morning. I'm sorry. I'm trying to close. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. We're going to beat the Baptist SNS. Show sure enough. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Paul, when you look at the things he suffered, he was shipwrecked. 
beaten with rocks, left for dead, whipped 39 times with lashes, three times, because 40 would kill you. He suffered that three times. And he had the most powerful anointing. And I believe it was because of persecution. One day, he stood in front of a body of believers, took his shirt off. He turned to them, and there were scars wider than his middle fingers that wrapped around his body. And he said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Compare that to what we present today on stages and say, here are our ministers. If I can be remotely someone that can endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, I'd rather have that than 10,000 spotlights on me on a stage for heaven to say, he was willing. He was willing. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? This is not one of those sermons where we want to necessarily repent. I mean, if you feel in your heart a need to is one thing. It's to prepare. Lord, I want you to be first. I want me to be so concrete in my decisions. I want to be firm in my resoluteness. I want to know you. Not just in the power of the resurrection, but the fellowship of your sufferings. I want to stand. I want to stand. I want to be a voice for you. I won't let you suffer by yourself. If they call you the devil, they can call me the devil too. If they blaspheme your name, I'm going to stand and say, don't you talk about my Savior that way. Surely, if they can be bold in their sin, we can be bold in our righteousness. Surely. Would you stand with me this morning? With every persecution comes great glory. I want to tell you on record, I ain't worried about it. Because my Lord takes care of me and my wife and my babies. And I want you to know that he knows the concerns you have as a mother. And the concerns you have as a daddy and a grandmother and a grandfather. And you're not by yourself in this. This is a short window of time. The Lord's return is near. Don't be distracted. Don't pull back. Let's finish. All in. I love to tell the devil the few times I talked to him from my old days. He knows what it means. I put it in. I said, you think I'm bluffing? Call me. Prepare for great confirmation. Prepare for heavenly affirmation. Prepare for the Spirit of God and glory to reside on your shoulders. Prepare for witnesses of the Spirit, dreams in the night. Prepare for God's glory to surround you and say, I got this. We got this. 
You're just preparing yourself for the rewards you'll wear in eternity forever. You got this. Persecution will come. But, even, but Christ is even under and over that. Because underneath it all are his everlasting arms. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He that keeps you does not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper in the shade upon your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will preserve you from all evil and preserve your soul. He'll preserve you going out and you're coming in from this day forward and forevermore. Amen? All right, believers, be dismissed. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.